This is Trail Tales, a running podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean Soban and David Waters. We'll discuss everything to do about running. It doesn't matter if you're a new runner or an experienced racer. The stories and guests at Trail Tales ARP will keep you entertained. From the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild! Welcome to Season 4, Episode 9 of Trail Tales ARP. Eric Boom is back, fresh off Project 80, where he attempts to run a half marathon in 80 minutes. Did he do it? Well, you have to listen to find out. Also, there were some unexpected curveballs added to Eric's training, as you're about to see. And Eric never comes here empty-handed. Linked to our show notes are a gift from Eric himself. His 80, 85, and 90-minute half marathon plans available in PDF just for you. Thank you, Eric. And now, let's get on to our show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Trail Tales ARP. I'm your host, Sean Sobon, and I've got a returning guest with me this week, and it's Master Coach Eric Boom from Effortless Running, and he's got some uh, exciting news for us, exciting things to talk about today. So, Eric, welcome back to the show. Thanks again. It's great to see you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me all the way from Thailand. So, uh... You, know, you you mentioned the first snowfall just uh, just arrived that you know place we have uh, we're going into the dry season <laughs> going into the dry season what are the temperatures over there today um today was about, about 30 degrees oh my gosh I'm so so i don't know what that is in fahrenheit and then it's, yeah. uh, it's hot, hot it's hot it's it's certainly <laughs> hot yeah we're we're sitting at maybe i think we're not too bad it's like minus two celsius today and we've got about six inches of snow it looks like a winter wonderland and i'm kind of in that in that headspace for winter so i love it and i love running in the winter it's really it's really great so yeah cool. yeah cool. so eric you you're you're fresh off your project 80 which yes. is, which is your your project to run a half marathon in 80 minutes correct so yeah. so let let's get into that right away because um this is something you put a lot of effort into there are some i guess some some curves along the way within your training that were unexpected, but, but pretty good as well for you. So uh, yep. let's talk about that. So how long was your, was your training leading up to project 80? Um, so I'd, it was about 11 weeks, 10, okay. 10 weeks, no, but including race week, 11 weeks. So um, I initially got this idea uh, in, the, uh, in the summer, um, where I thought like, oh, there's, there's going to be a race on. And here in Thailand, we're, uh, we're very lucky. We actually, um, we're actually allowed to, to have races and, and get so none, there, there's, when the uh, whole COVID situation started, uh, all of the, a lot of the races were obviously canceled. Right. Uh, but then after a, a very, quite a strict lockdown period, um, races started to open up again. And the postponed races all got backed up to the, the end of the year. So there's, there's a lot of races going on at the moment. Um, and one of them was the half marathon here on the island of Phuket, where I live, um, which is quite a, a well-known uh, well marathon and half marathon. And, I, and I'd run it last year and I thought, oh, that'd be nice to do that one again uh, if it's on. And, and why not make it uh, a bit more of a, of a challenge? So I said, okay, let's, let's try and see if we can um, get people to start running together um, and uh, to sort of join in around one uh, common goal of trying to get someone in under 80 minutes. Um, and and so 80 minutes means that you're trying to keep a 347 minute per kilometer pace, uh, which, is, uh, which is pretty fast. It's not, it's not undoable. Uh, and I, I knew that there were on the island, there are different pockets of like running groups. Yep. And I knew that there are faster runners in, in, in those pockets. And it was kind of an idea of trying to, hey, let's, let's all work together. Let's, a lot of people signed up for that race anyway, so let's all try and work together and, um, and push each other, right? Right. Um, and then, so we started that 11 weeks out, and I created the training program like month by month. Um, and then 
it, as it gained a little bit of momentum, there were a lot of people that said, I, I really like the idea, but I don't, I know I can't, I can't run 80 minutes. Can you create a project 85? <laughs> um, and then I went, yeah, I think I can. Cause if I'm designing a monthly training program around 80 minutes, then I just tweak the times a little bit. And then, uh, sure. then it's an 85 minute, right? And then, and then once I did that, there were people like said, oh, I really want to try and break the one and a half hour, so the 90 minute record. So can you make a 90 minute one too? <laughs> so, so we ended up having three groups of runners um, uh, unintentionally, but uh, that, was, that was pretty nice. That was, uh, that, was, that was cool to see. And we would, we would uh, meet like once every three weeks or once every two weeks to try and uh, set a specific run, like, a, like a, a time trial kind of run. Sure. And everybody would get together to try and see if they can uh, uh, meet their standards, right? Yeah. Um, so that was that, that first five weeks uh, came and went and uh, everybody was happy and uh, people were uh, training. And then uh, we had, we got some news that the UTMB sanctioned race trail run um, uh, that was meant to be in Thailand um, got the go ahead to, to, um, to be organized. So um, then they invited some of the runners, including me, uh, to try and come and race that race. But I had done no preparation since the last time that we spoke, where we spoke about that Everesting challenge that I right. did. Um, after that, I had not done any trail running. Uh, so I moved over to, and I promised myself to do just road racing until the end of the year. Right. Uh, so that was a bit of a, a spanner in the works uh, because they said, like, do you want to come and and do you want to come and compete in the UTMB? And I went, yeah, sure, of course. Like, <laughs> who says no? Who says no to to that, right? And yeah, um, I'm, I'm just training for my Project 80. I'm halfway through, but yeah, I'll come. I'll come run to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, so I said, like, what, what, which distance would you like me to run? And they went, well, can you do the 160? <laughs> no, <laughs> As I can safely say I'm not in any way, shape, or form to to do either the vertical or the, or the distance. Right. Um, and then there was the 120, but I you know, said no to that one too. And I said, well, you can also do the 80. Um, and then I went, oh, that's brilliant. Because now I, I'm, I'm having this project 80, but now project 80 is gonna morph into like a dual kind of um, uh, purpose uh, uh, to, to try and run an 80K trail run um, and try and run it well, and then have two weeks to recover to make sure that I run an 80-minute half marathon. So I had an 80K trail and an 80-minute half marathon. And now I'm like, torn between the two. Like, how do I, as a coach, like, okay, now I need to find a way to make sure that I prepare well for both. Yeah. Um, how, much, is, how much lead time did you have um from the time they contacted you to the time the half marathon was going to be in the trails or, or the ultra marathon, uh, sorry. The, the, the 80K trail yeah. um, was about three, three and a half weeks. So, so three, it wasn't okay. all that much. No, not too much at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, and, and that's why I ultimately decided to say, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run, run the trails, but I'm going to rely on, um, my previous experience and previous base of mm. trail running and, and, and vertical. And I'll, I'm just going to continue, basically, I'm just going to continue the, um, the half marathon challenge program. Okay. Um, and I'll just, I'll just see how I end up in that trail. Okay. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a lot of confidence in your ability, but it's also you knowing what you've done in the past and, and knowing how hard you can push yourself, right? Like, you you know your yeah. limits so you're thinking okay i can do this which is which is yeah. a good mindset to have when you're going into something like yeah, that I, I knew i could finish i knew i could i knew i could finish yeah uh, uh, i just didn't know how how tough it was going to be on the hills yeah um, if i was going to have to walk a lot of it and and be a middle of the pack or or <laughs> at the back of the back of the pack yeah. or if i if i could actually uh, if I could actually compete 
Right. So, so I did ask the organizer, I said, what's the, what's the purpose? Like, do you want me there to like race and gun it? And then I'll do that. But that, the chances are I might, I, I might collapse after 40 K because I, I didn't put in the work. Um, and they went, no, 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 it's a, it's okay. We don't expect, we don't expect a podium result from you. Um, but we would like you to have, to have you there, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then much to my surprise, uh, oh, actually, because it was such a rainy weekend, we had some torrential downpours on that, on that UTMB track. So everything was super muddy. Uh, so the race organizer beforehand, he came up to us and he said, the, the, the first three K are pretty, um, are pretty flat and are, are pretty easy to navigate. But then there's a hill and it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a slip and slide. It's a mud fest. <laughs> so, so he said, whatever you do, make sure you get out of the blocks fast and get to that hill as one of the first runners. And right. that was, I, I took that advice and <laughs> it was me and one other runner and we just went for it. And the first 3K, we just, it was, yeah, I felt I was on the track and I was, <laughs> we were flying down the course for so the first you just, you just dropped the whole field and just went right for the and Basically, it was the two of us oh, after, wow. after 3K. And then um, we, were, we could get up the hill pretty easily, but I think we already, we already gained like five, six minutes on, on everybody else because we a, went out super fast. Yeah. But then also had the luxury of picking, picking your route um, and being able to uh, to you take the the paths that weren't actually all trodden on, right? And I don't think uh, if you were in the pack that uh, you would have lost a lot of time there. And, uh, oh yeah. So what what was that first hill like? And and through throughout the remainder of of the ultra, what was your strategy dealing with the hills? Yeah, there's um, to put it into perspective, there's a, there's one there's one photo. Um, that somebody took and it looks like uh, a scene out of the movie Braveheart <laughs> where, where people are like charging up the hills with their uh, with their uh, poles and everything and it looks yeah. <laughs> it looks like they're they're about to uh, lay a siege on fighting <laughs> <some laughs> backwards and it was it because the 160k and the 120k had already passed on that same route there was really nothing that um that there was really nothing that you could, could hold on to, like other than like little bushes and scrubs and, and trees. And, um, and it was, it's in the north of Thailand where it's uh, the highest, uh, the highest mountain of Thailand. So it's, it's pretty jungle, um, kind of foresty like, the higher right. you get, it turns more into like a European or like a Northern American forest kind of. Okay. Um, uh, but it was pretty steep. Um, a lot of lot of long gradual sections up and then quite slippery uh, sketchy downhills um, very muddy obviously um, and so that meant that uphill you weren't really able to set a good pace like you were constantly kind of slipping away and um, uh, as if you're running up a sand dune sure. um, right or running in the snow and running yeah. on ice where you slip um, and then on the downhills, you were constantly, um, you, you didn't have your aerobic muscles where you're just ticking over and going downhills. You, you, every step was like, had that normal running step, but then a little, a little try and balance your stride. So you were, you, my, my quads were on fire after, uh, after about, about the first 30 K or which had the most elevation in it. Yeah. Um, it was just constantly trying to correct yourself and prevent yourself from falling. Okay. And um, that, that hurt quite a bit. And that stayed with me for quite a long time after the race. Yeah. Especially because of the training you've been doing leading up to that point, it's all been flat, right? right? On the road or on the track. And, and yeah. it is all reliant on like a smooth turnover. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that was, uh, uh, I, I, I knew... It was hurting at the time, but I knew it was going to hurt more after. You're going to pay for it after, yeah. So the, the big question is, were you able to stay on your feet the whole race, or did you have any slips or falls? No, there were, there were a few, and especially towards the end. I, I looked at the profile 
um, as you do during the race, right? The, the, your bib has the, 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 the elevation profile on it. Sure. Um, so you're constantly looking and sort of judging like where you are. And the last hill looked like nothing. Right? It, looked like, it looked like it was easy, right? um, but it was, it was getting dark and uh, we were going into the night and the terrain was just rice paddies where we were rock, walking on like the edges of the rice paddies where they, yeah. and then and because they were so muddy you would slip and you would find you you would sink like half a meter into a rice paddy oh my gosh and, and then and then we came up to the section and i, I kid you not i i looked up i did, i couldn't believe that I, that it was that we were going up so i started looking for the ribbons like down because i was convinced we didn't we weren't going up up the hill and yeah. there was nothing, there was nothing down. <laughs> I remember that thinking, dreading having to look to my right because it was just a sheer wall going on. <laughs> and uh, and, it, and I must have fell like half a dozen times and there were, uh, I, there were quite a few curse words. It was good oh, that wow. nobody was, <laughs> was around, around me to hear that yeah. because it was, uh, I, was, I was done by that time. Yeah. Oh wow! So this this was a really a gritty race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was one of the. It, it was a real slugfest in that yeah. sense. That it was uh, um, the. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty, as in like an easy runnable course. It yeah. was. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, pretty hard to uh, to navigate. It's funny sitting at, here at the comfort of my desk. I, I think that sounds like a ton of fun. But I guess when you're in the moment, you're thinking, yeah. I'd rather be anywhere but here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The, no, and, and and the minute you like the minute you crest the hill, and uh, we had a, a similar um, experience earlier in the day when we reached the highest point. Like the, the entire day was we were covered in, in in fog and clouds, and you couldn't really see anything. Right. And as soon as we crested the hill, we had some some, some sunshine like burn away the uh, the clouds, and it just opened up like it was God's window opened up before us, and, oh. and there were, I, I remember catching up with some of the 120k runners and we there were five of us we just stood there for about 30 seconds in awe of what the display that was happening and that was that was really really cool yeah um, so as soon as you get to the crest of a, of a of a hill you're like you might you might swear and curse and <laughs> on the way up and then when you got when you get there you you, you go right okay that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and we yeah. would, would do it again, right? And you would go like, oh yeah, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. I remember myself saying as I crossed <laughs> the finish line. It, it's good to have a short memory when it comes to those things, eh? Because the payoff mm -hmm. is, is well worth it, I guess, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And sometimes they say like too too stubborn to stop, right? Or too yeah. too stupid to stop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it's a fine line between the two. <laughs> yeah. So so you finished off the 80k ultra and you're you're still in good shape your quads are hurt and you've got two weeks now to recover before you're going for your uh, for your 80 minute half yeah um so what was the next two weeks like for you eric yeah so that, that was really interesting i was uh that that's what i i didn't know either and i was going to like uh, i was going into it with a sense of curiosity right mm. but what does this do to the body and about three, four days after the race, I was starting to feel feel good again. Um, and then, uh, but as soon as I went for like a workout or one of the planned workout sessions that I had, I could feel that that uh, I could maybe run a couple of k at at the goal pace. Um, but then, but then I would start to feel like hollow legs, right? Like there's nothing. There's no. There's no. There's no energy. There's no kick yeah and i went mm, okay uh, that was my run on the saturday before the race and i i still had that feeling so i went oh now i'm starting to get a little worried um sure. so i took uh, i i shortened the 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 workouts because i knew it wasn't going to add anything to it right uh, if i tried to try to search for something that isn't there um so i took another two days of rest and then in the week leading up to it, I just did short six Ks where I tried to go six, seven Ks where I tried to go at, um, at the race base. Okay. And on the Friday I did 
yeah, the Friday run started to feel good again, started to feel like powerful again. Um, uh, and Sunday morning was the race. So I thought, okay, we're going to see how it goes. Um, I, I have no idea, uh, but I start, I'm starting to feel good again. So that was, that was, that was nice. That's good. And then, and then we got to, so I cut, I definitely cut back more of my volume than I would have normally done. Um, but I tried to keep the intensity up and I know okay. that that's the kind of taper that works well for me. Okay. And, uh, some people like to like keep the volume up, but drop the intensity or, and other people drop the intensity and the volume. Um, uh, I, I, I know I work well if I cut back on the volume, but, but try and keep the, the, the engine revving. And so then we got to the start line on the Sunday, uh, feeling really good. Um, and then we went, uh, okay, let's go. Uh, the gun starts and, and we're off and um, there was about seven or eight. There, yeah, we were about a group of seven runners um, all bunched together. And then four, after about three kilometers, four, four guys pulled away and they, um, they, they ended up doing a 110 or a 19, I think was oh, the winning wow. time. So that was the, that, uh, the smart move not to go with them <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because, because it, I was feeling really, really good, but I, I, I could feel that it wasn't that um, there was still some fatigue there, not at 6K, at 6, 6, 6, 7K, I was fine. But then after 10K, I, I realized, okay, I'm going to try and just keep goal pace um, because that's probably what I can do. Yeah. Um, so I, I focused on that 347 minute per kilometer pace and then just try to, kept, try to keep that for the entire race. Um, and then, uh, uh, then as we were turning the last corner, I'm thinking, I'm gonna, this is, I'm gonna do this. Uh, and then the sign said, Ooh, I put a break right at the good part. You'll just have to wait a little bit longer to see what the sign said. All right, I guess that's good. Let's get back to the show. Seven hundred meters to go, and and my watch said something different. <laughs> my no. watch said, you're, "You're nearly finished. You've got like about three hundred meters to go." And I went, "Oh no! Like the course is longer than uh, than 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 what my watch says." Right. Um, so I started picking or tried to <laughs> pick up the pace. I don't think there was much difference anymore in pace, but I tried to pick up the pace, and I could see in the distance. Like you can see the clock. Uh, and you could see the time, the, 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 the seconds just ticking away, right? And it, it, I saw like, I couldn't quite see, I saw 119, but I didn't know if it was 119.20 or yeah. if it was 119.40 something. So I started, I'm charging down the finishing chute and, uh, and I look at it and I go like, nah, that's not, that's, I'm not gonna make that. Oh, and no. so I saw the, the, the clock go to 120 and then, um, I think I'm stopping the watch uh, about five seconds after the 120 mark. Right, right. Uh, was, so just shy, just shy of the 80. Yes, yes, shy of the As so they say, now, uh, by a frog's hair. <laughs> by a frog's hair, yeah. And <laughs> that's right. And now I'm, because um, uh, I made it so public, right? Like I'm going to try and beat the, the 80 minutes. So now I'm, now I'm faced with this dilemma because my watch says that the course was long and so mm. it, you, my Strava uploaded and went like yay you've got your half marathon in 118 something right and but I know like no, the, the, the race is what was it was meant to be a project 80 for the race and I didn't make it I, <laughs> I got 12008 right? right, that's, right. that's what the, the recorded time said so did I make it or did I not make it and then uh, but people were very uh, friendly and kind and they said like no no it was in the 80s so you made it yeah <laughs> but in my, in my heart of hearts I know that I need to do this again yeah and so I, as, as, need- as good as it was and, and that is a great result still like you said you still have unfinished business right so 
I know we'll see you back there for sure. But this time, just a little bit of a friendly advice. No, no ultra marathons in between the training. Yeah, Yeah, maybe, maybe I won't. (laughs) All in all, it was, it was a fantastic experience. And I, I I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't want to have missed that trail run. For sure. um, Just, just to try and get that eight extra seconds. That was not, uh, it was definitely not worth it going to, the north of Thailand and just spending time with, uh, with my running buddies there. And yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. You, yeah, one of the, one of them, I think you might want to have on your show cause he's a fellow Canadian. Oh, uh, you send us, send us info my way for sure. Yeah. And he's, uh, he won the 120. And oh, did he? He's just a, 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 he's amazing. So, and I, I think he has a few good stories to, uh, his nickname is the honey badger. So that, that tells you enough. About there you fun. go. There you go. You, yeah. Send him my way for sure. That'll be great. The honey <laughs> badger coming, coming onto yeah. trail tales. <laughs> yep. There you go. That's awesome, Eric. So I want to go back um, just a little bit. So in that two week period from recovering from your ultra leading up to the, to the uh, half marathon, um, and you know, you had mentioned you felt like you know the hollow legs and the and the quads are pretty burned up. Did you did you do anything um, different in terms of like some rehab, or did you change some of your nutrition a little bit to kind of help restore, you know, your glycogen and everything in your body? Like, did you have any strategies yeah. there at all? No, typically, I find that after a trail, I, for about it takes me about three to four days to to eat back the calories that you've burned on the trail. Right. Mm-hmm. So for, for, um, I, I, I follow a plant-based diet. Um, so I tend to eat a lot anyway, as in uh, a large amount, a, a big volume, because it, it, it just tends to be calorie, uh, not as calorie dense as, right. uh, as some of the other diets. Um, but then the three days or four days after I'm just, I'm just double lunches and like, can't have enough for dinner and it's just like you're, you're constantly hungry yeah. um, and um, so did I do something different yeah I ate I ate way more <laughs> to try and, and recover what I what I burned um, I think I think it also depends on what you what you eat during the competition like if you if you keep eating um, and if you start your nutrition right from the start and you make sure that you never run into too much of a deficit, um, then, then it's easier to recover after. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it helps just, it aids the recovery. It, it, it makes sure that you sure you still need to eat extra, but sure. I think it's disproportionate. If you, if you don't fuel yourself well in the race, you'll have to, you'll, you, you dig much deeper into your reserves. Um, and those are harder to, uh, those are harder to restore, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt that after about three or four days, I was back on my, my normal, my normal diet. And I didn't really change anything in those last two weeks. Okay. Um, I did. I, in those, in the weeks leading up to the, to the training plan like the, some of the some of the more the harder runs i try to like get an extra recovery drink or get an extra recovery smoothie or shake uh, right yeah okay so that sounds like a pretty sound strategy anyways and like you said you have to kind of replace what you burned off in the in the ultra right so yeah and 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 because it's like the plant-based diet i guess you're that volume like you said you have to eat a lot more now did you get did, did you just get like sick and tired of eating the same stuff or do you have a wide variety of of different options that you go through no we have a, a really good like vegan community here and um, um the sports resort that i uh, liaise with has a, a fantastic uh, a vegan chef and he has all these recipes it's called he's called the holistic chef if you want to check it out he's okay. uh, um uh, at tanyapura and he's he's amazing chef jamie raftery um and he has loads of uh great recipes where he always combines um different types of carbohydrates so that you make sure that you've got all your amino acids instead of just like that because that's the biggest challenge according 
like for me mm -hmm. uh, is to try and make sure that I get all of the building blocks and there's there's not a lot of food sources plant-based food sources that have all of the amino acids to to uh, to recover right to, to produce the protein sure um, but it's as simple as mixing like making a burrito where you have uh, your rice berry and then you add beans and then now now with that combination you have you have all of the amino acids or quinoa and chickpeas or something like that. a lot of the either Indian like curry dishes or like Mexican um, they automatically like have that combination of of the right carbohydrates together okay um, and then and then and then you're 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 good to go right. awesome so it sounds like sounds like your diet you have some good support there with you yeah 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 i'm not uh, <laughs> and yeah i i i'm not a big fan of cooking um yeah. uh, but that's the beauty about thailand is they, there's food on every street corner um and you can uh, and they're very uh, people are very open to you saying like oh can you mix this and that and can you add in this or leave out that so that's a that's a real real blessing so I, oh that's great I, have to admit that I don't i don't cook very often <laughs> that's all right <laughs> my cooking skills are uh being developed if you if you want to say it that way <laughs> yeah. um how did how did everybody else that was training with you do come again sorry the other people that you were training with for the for the project 80 how how did they fare in the half marathon yeah really really well like uh and this shows you what a a, a what a, a consistent training plan and a a defined goal to work towards how how that helps in your training but also to create this community um, mm -hmm. because it was hard to drop out. It was hard not to go to the sessions because you knew your buddies were going to be there. And um, just having that supportive group of people who are uh, who are in this challenge together with you, uh, and 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 are not competing against you. We weren't. There was there was no there was no animosity, right? We 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 said right out from the start. We said if it doesn't matter if one of us makes it everybody succeeds like that's what yeah. project 80 is it's we don't we don't want x many x amount of runners crossing the finish line in under 80 we want we want one person to do it and we want one person to run to 85 and whoever what whatever plan you're training for we will cheer you on to try and get there yeah and uh, that and uh, that's so important so important i'm going to steal a quote from my good friend coach jeff and he says all ships rise with the tide and that's exactly right, what we're talking right, about right, right, right now. That's, you know, exactly. That's exactly what we what we intended to do. And uh, um, yeah, everybody. Uh, I don't. I think there were a few PBs. There, there were definitely a lot of PBs along the way. Um, I don't know if there was any uh, race PBs, um, but but everybody everybody came across the finish line exhausted but smiling. And that's that was, amazing. Uh, that was what we uh, what we were hoping for. Yeah, I would definitely call that a success for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went for a nice, nice coffee afterwards together. Wonderful. And, uh, celebrated, and that was uh, that was really cool. Wonderful. So Eric, you had mentioned uh, in your email with me. You want to talk about getting better with age? Yeah. So, so <laughs> give me so, give me some some inspiration. Give me some hope here. <laughs> this was um, so this was this sprung out of uh, um, there were a lot of a lot of people hitting PBs along the way and then they would they would email me and say oh thanks for the for the for the training plan I'm really enjoying the training plan even if like it got distributed to a third or fourth or fifth person like I, I didn't I didn't know how far it, it, it reached right, like right. Some, I some people I knew that I that I sent it to but then they sent it to their friends and I'm happy to put it into your show notes as well for people thank to you enjoy. Um, we'll put all three programs there so that people can, uh, can choose their, uh, can pick their battles. That's right. <laughs> um, but what, uh, so what, what started to happen was that people started to email me and say like, yay, I'm really enjoying the program. Thanks a lot. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's easy for, uh, guidance and I've just hit my PB and I'm 
45 years old or I'm 53 years old and I'm running better than ever and I'm or I'm, I'm, I'm I'll turn 60 in two months time and I'm running I've run my best 10k ever and, wow. and I was like wow that's really cool and this kind of goes back to one of the underlying or underpinning elements of effortless running that our bodies are designed to run and 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 that the drop off with age and distance running is relatively little mm-hmm. so when it comes to the marathon or half marathon uh, or just distance running you can be as good as a 20 year old in your 40s or your 50s and um, and that's remarkable because in a lot of other like in sprints if you're 50 you're not gonna you're not gonna compete with somebody in their 20s right they, right. they will they'll blow you out of the water um but for distance running it's different and uh chris mcdougall has this theory in uh, born to run i don't know i'm sure you've read that oh yes, uh, yes. where he argues that this is prehistory so we don't really really know right Uh, um, but he argues that in um in in prehistory that the whole tribe had to be able to contribute to the hunt to that Mm -hmm. persistence hunting way so you needed you needed the young dogs who were strong enough to go in for the kill once the once the gazelle had run out of pace but you also needed some of the more experienced runners because they needed they they knew exactly which which deer in the herd or which which gazelle or which or whatever you're hunting yeah. uh, uh, you were following right so that you don't make the mistake of like switching uh switching deers and then you needed the women there as well because they probably they were childbearing and they needed to bring their the the, the two times when you need the most protein in in life is when uh, when you're either breastfeeding or when you're a newborn, right? Uh, and so everybody kind of had a need to be able to stay with the pack. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really truly think that that is true. And, and that is one of, I think that that is one of the reasons why in, um, in distance running, the drop off with age is way, way less. And if you look at something like an ADK, or, or an ultra marathon out on the trails, it's not a question of if you're going to hit a low point or if something will happen, right? Something will definitely happen. Yes, yes. You are going to have to deal with something. And if you're a 20 year old, I know if, if I look at myself as my, as my 20 year old self, then I could be like thrown off in a big way by something that it occurs that's out of my control heavy downpour right yeah. a very muddy hill yeah. um i slip a fall and then i would go like oh, forget this right like I'm, I'm done whereas if you're older and wiser and more experienced then you know how to kind of navigate that and and, and you see that a lot in um, in in the longer distances that as the, the older you get it's actually the a lot of the competitive age groups are, are not the 20 to 30 year olds there might be some hot shots in there that just you know, like blow everybody out of the water and they they will win the race overall right uh, but the majority of the people that f- finish really really strong on average is is more in the in the 35 to like 50 category right uh, so that and kind of inspired me to um have a um, have a little think about like why as you if as you get older can you actually outperform your younger self right and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to believe that you can um because i also think that very few of us actually reach their full potential in their 20s uh, unless you have the guidance of a national coach or somebody who recognizes the talent that you have and like nurtures that and brings that into fruition. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us underestimate in our 20s what our true potential is. And there's also so many, like you're discovering the world, right? Like you're there, you want to do everything. And yeah. then 
as you're more focused when you're older you go all right trail running that's my thing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's what I'm uh, you get really really good at it and yeah. um and so if you do it long enough if you do that training pro program if you if you were consistently applying that training program you you would have seen results um, uh, were they as good as you as they were as they've ever been uh, it depends on what you how good you were when you were 20 but yes. for a lot of people it meant that they are getting faster as they get older yeah. which is a really really cool notion right that that is very encouraging that is super encouraging i'll be turning 40 next time around so it's uh it's good to know that you're uh, baby. <laughs> <still a> baby. <laughs> trail running. you're just you're just you've just reached the uh the the, the age where you can sort of think like oh yeah i've, I've experienced a few things <laughs> so you're saying I'm, I'm getting into the prime of my trail running career yeah. here <laughs> this totally, is this totally. is great news great news <laughs> that's great eric you know i think the very interesting thoughts that you bring up and i think there's definitely something to it with kind of the way you described um the pack working together almost as one to achieve that common goal whether it's catching the gazelle or whatever just you know existing and surviving and right. and, and that relates it may not be exactly the same but it relates to how in in sports like you know here in north america you've got baseball hockey you know, north american football all those things and and if you look at the championship teams the way they're built they have a great core of young good athletes right but then they also have um the veterans that have right. that experience that have that knowledge right. right so like when you said in the trail run it's not a matter of um if something happens or if you're going to struggle with something it's when it's going to happen and same thing with those teams right whether you go on a losing streak or one of your star players gets injured you need those veterans there with that experience to to talk them through and say you know it doesn't mean we're done yet there's other ways to get around this so okay. I, I think i think there's definitely something to it very good it thoughts more versatile. and i think i think part of the project 80 success was also that we try we, we tapped into that group mentality right of course you're yeah part of, you're part of the group you and everybody was welcome into the group you're just immediately one of one of the tribe yeah but you are you are now running with us right and 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 that means that that meant that you had a sense of belonging and a reason to get out there and not and and not uh not not go uh because you knew that other people were there. Yeah, it's harder to make excuses when, when other people are there and you're kind of all relying on each other, right? And, and motivating each right. other. You don't want to let anybody just know, down. Just knowing that, and, and I've had numerous of these conversations where you, you would went like, oh, I would have skipped this training if it wasn't for knowing that you would be there. Yeah. And, and then the other person would say exactly the same thing. And then, and, and and so I sometimes I purposefully don't reply to like a text message if uh, if somebody's saying like oh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna make it tomorrow, then the easy out is like oh, that's okay I'll go without you or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, if you don't reply, then then you put you can, it's a bit mean, but you put <laughs> the other person in uncertainty like you think he saw it like has he seen it in time enough for me to get there. Uh, I, you know what i'll just go because i i don't want i don't want to disappoint that other person yeah 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 and then you're out there right? yeah and then you don't regret it at the end you know? never no i Maybe. never i never regret a run that i initially thought like oh, i'm not sure if i'm going to enjoy it exactly and, it, it, and i always tell this to my friends too who you know the casual runners the the non-elites it's like sometimes the hardest part of the run is just getting out your front door right but once you do that you're good but it's yeah. it's it's the lead up to you know getting out that front door and getting in that mindset. And I know I've struggled with that in the past. Where it's like I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And then you know now I'm at the point where I'd say you know 99 out of 100 times I, I force myself to get out the door and I never regret it. Right? But just go and then see. And then I, I always I always say to people like <clears throat> start your workout. Like yeah. just start your workout. And if you if after 10 minutes you really feel horrible, allow yourself to stop. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we, we sometimes we overtrain. Sometimes we we because for us runners, the answer is always to go for a run. Right? <laughs> like oh, I feel bad. Like uh, let's go for a run. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, we, 
that and that 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 can be quite detrimental and but that's that's also where you start to this is again where experience comes in if you're 20 you might push through it and you might dig a bigger hole for yourself yeah if you're in your 40s or in towards your 50s you know your body a little bit better and you go out for that run and you go you you, you spend the first 10 minutes thinking like feeling right and then you go okay you're taking stock after 10 15 minutes if it's not there, it's not going to get there in yeah. the next in the next hour or so. So just cut it. But chances are that you once you've gotten out there, after 15 minutes, your body is actually ready and 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 feeling better. And then yeah. then then you often have like one of the best runs ever. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I've experienced that lately. Uh, my my diet has been garbage this past month. <laughs> just I've been eating too many sweets and everything. But um, you know, I've been out on the treadmill in the garage on some nights, and and um, I feel like you know what, I'm gonna walk. Like I I have I don't have it. Like you said, it's just not there. So I I end up you know completing my five kilometers on the treadmill, but it's like a run walk, and it's you know it feels like the five kilometers feels like 15 but it's like okay whatever i'm just gonna walk and take it easy and not beat myself up and i found though you know then i get outside because i'm like I, I gotta get off the treadmill and go run outside and i have great runs yeah. outside you know so it's right. just one of those things where you kind of have to go with the flow and sometimes it's there sometimes it's not and you know yeah. it's uh it's just one of those things right you there's always going to be ups and downs right yeah. i'm a big believer in that you like you sure your watch and the data on your like training peaks or Garmin or Sunto or whatever, like whatever you use, your Strava um, is great, but there's a lot to say for just occasionally running on feel. Yeah. Just watch at home, just go for a run, see how you feel. Um, learn to listen to the, the cues that your body gives you, not, not just in terms of injury, but just, just general well-being. Like what does my, what does my heartbeat feel like? What is my breathing? How's my breathing pattern? So there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit in uh, running naked, as we said. Yeah. <laughs> no watch, just go and just just experience this. Feel what the body does. Yeah. You get a lot of information, right? The body talks to you constantly. Exactly. Um, uh, you just got to got to be able to listen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's funny, eh? You've uh, running with your watch. Um, you know, running naked, if you will, but it's like you go on a running streak too. Let's go streaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the, all this terminology out there, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you really do go streaking, you probably get a pretty good time though, because the police will be chasing you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you won't last long. It's going to be a fast game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Eric, we're we're gonna we're getting a little bit short on time here, so let's wrap things up a little bit. But um, sure. now you mentioned you had um, links for your. Um, your 80, 85, and 90 plans available. And thank you so much for that. Um, no problem. Um, the, when I get them to you, so they all lead up to, I, I have them in a PDF format now. That's great. Um, so it will say that we're all working together towards the, the Pukaton, <laughs> um, which obviously uh, has gone on, is passed now. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you you can't just follow the program. So it's, it's an 11 week program um, that is, uh, it's four runs a week. Um, I would uh, recommend that that is that is the minimum that you do if you're trying to hit these times. So, sure, 80, 85, and ninety. They are they are faster uh, half marathons, right? They're not they're not uh, beginner half marathons, right? Uh, uh, so they, you need to have some sort of running background uh, in order to try and attempt these times. Um, uh, but they're nice structured trainings. They might uh, they, they might have some uh, some workouts in there that you you never heard of or never experienced. Then you might go like, oh, this is really cool. I generally try to keep one speed session in there, uh, one interval session, and then gradually you start to build in the longer work. But especially the longer work, we try to keep it interesting by mm -hmm. making you do like under overs or like doing so some some nice neat little things to keep your brain occupied when you, interesting when you interesting i think uh i think i'm going to uh tackle that in january i think it'll be a great great way to start the new year and do great. that that's going to be great and i think you know 80 85 90 is probably not even going to be on time. i might need like 110 <laughs> but you know what i'm so, so you can modify right the the 80 85 so 
this is uh, for anybody listening who, who thinks like that's a bit beyond my reach. The 85 is, is adapted from the 80, the 90 is adapted from the 85. So the, the workouts are marginally different. Okay. The time is different, right? So you might have a base pace run uh, and that means that my base pace run is going to be different than your base pace run. And you could, you could kind of tweak it towards uh, your goal just simply by, by looking at the paces and then adding, uh, adding 10, 20, 30 seconds per mm-hmm. kilometer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if, if somebody's targeting like a 90 minute, you know, half marathon, for example, use that plan and they don't quite get there, you still look at the relative improvements that you had from your previous, your previous best effort. Right. And, and if you're making improvements, you're still making improvements. Right. It's like you had mentioned, um, you know, you kind of felt like a Kipchoge on breaking two when you're just a few seconds shy of hitting your mark. And, you know, what he said at the end of the interview, because I had recently watched this was, um, you know, before I ran this, we were, you know, we were two minutes away from running a sub two, but now we're 25 seconds away. So somebody can make up that 25 seconds and he ended up doing yeah. it anyways, but you know what I mean? So you look at that, yeah. that relative improvement and it's still, it's just still a great measuring stick. It's already progress. Yeah. 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 So, so if every, it, it, even if it just gives you guidance in the, yeah. in those first weeks of, uh, of the new year, great. Then it's already uh, fulfilled its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be exciting. So I've got to, uh, at the end of December, I've got to go see, um, an orthopedic surgeon. I know I mentioned in the email, I've got like a small tear in the back of my hamstring. That's been kind of resistant to, to recovering from, you know, physio and acupuncture and all those other treatments mm-hmm. I've been doing. So we'll see what he says. I, I'm not anticipating getting any surgery or anything and it doesn't, you know, I've still been running through this whole thing, right? So it's not like it's really painful or anything, but I think it does affect um, the stability in my knee because it's right, the tear is just right above above my knee on the back. Right. So we'll, we'll see what he says. I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But uh, yeah, please. You know, yeah. it's, we'll see, any, we'll see how it goes. But Any structural damage, be careful, right? Yeah. We want, to, and we touched on this in our, uh, in our initial uh, interview. Like we want to still be doing this when we're 80, right? Exactly. You, you're, you're, you're just entering the prime of your trail. <laughs> That's right. So That's you right. want to prolong that. So if, if, if you could do taking two months off and to let, um, to let a hamstring uh, strain heal uh, in the long run, it's not going it, to, it, it's nothing. Right. Yeah. And right now it might feel like, oh my God, two months. Like that's, that's, that's insane. I can't do this. Uh, but considering that we want to do this until we, we we're well into our eighties. Um, uh, yeah. You bet. You're probably better off just uh, listening to your, uh, your orthopedic. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think, the, I think the most rest I had taken since I heard it was about probably two weeks. So Maybe I just haven't given it an opportunity. I don't know. But like you said, it's hard, right? You're training for a half marathon and then this ultra marathon comes knocking on your door. Like, why not? <laughs> it's a, what did I say earlier? It's that fine line between stubborn and stupid, right? So I'm leaning yeah. probably maybe on the stupid yeah. side right now, but <laughs> we're learning. We're learning every day. Right? Exactly. Get tested every day. <laughs> exactly, Eric. Um, quickly, before we go, can you just remind us where people can get in touch with you if they have any questions? Yes. So, um, yeah. The, my, my company, uh, the coaching that I do is uh, a form focused running and it's called effortless running. Who doesn't want to do that? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and I teach you the entry program is a three week program uh, where you get my guidance uh, through the training peaks um, where you learn to re relearn how to run, um, to run as smoothly and as uh, effortlessly as when you did when you were a kid. Um, or if you happen to be an East African runner, then, uh, then you're probably doing it already. Uh, but, um, yeah, so find us, find us at www.effortlessrunning.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. And there's an effortless runners Facebook group, um, that everybody's welcome to join. Um, and it's, uh, it's a really, uh, positive community of people encouraging each other. Uh, and there's a lot of knowledge shared there. Anything that I, I post there frequently uh, about 
interesting stuff that I come across, um, either for my own training or that I discover somewhere else. So uh, I would love to see people there. Um, and then I think all of the all of the social media things that you can, I even have a TikTok account now. So, oh, no uh, kidding. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's not very impressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep up with the but, times, uh, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I haven't figured out how it works. But uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, uh, follow me on social media. I would love to see uh, one of your listeners come through. I know that last time, since last time, uh, we've had a couple of uh, people that listen to the podcast also opt in for the programs. And uh, they've been really, really, uh, they've been really um, uh, doing well. Uh, so yeah, keep those. Uh, um, keep those PBs coming and keep those positive emails coming because yeah. it really does focus on form really does change the way that you perceive your run. Yeah, it, it really does. And I'll tell you, like when you gave me my video analysis, you identified the hip drop that I have. And uh, it's been something I've, I've been working on. Now, I will say I haven't been as regimented in my drills as I'd like to be. But uh, mm -hmm. I do notice that, you know, I still have to be cognizant of it when I'm running. So I'm not at the point where I can just run and my forms change and things are good. But when I have yeah. everything working the way I want it to work, my, my pace, you know, I'll run normally like maybe between like a 530, 540 kilometers, so not fast at all. But when I have all my things working together, my form feels good. Um, I'm running easily at like a 445 and my perceived effort is still the same as it is at like a 530. So I, I always, I always notice if I check my watch, I'm like, okay, focus on this or focus on that and uh -huh. keep the hips, keep the hips more on a, on a level plane and everything. And it, yeah. it is really hard because you had mentioned, you know, my, my uh, stride was a little narrow or my, my feet are falling. Mm -hmm. So when I do try to open it up, it almost feels like you're running very square and stuff, but that's starting to feel a little bit more natural now. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm making improvements. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. That's a lot of, a lot of people tend to run quite narrow. Yeah. Um, and then when you ask them to run a little wider, it feels very awkward in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this, especially for people on the trails, like if you look at, um, uh, I saw uh, Cheptegei um, and Kip Limo, the two Ugandan uh, runners. Yeah. I saw them running um, on the 10K uh, cross country. Um, and you, you can see that they purposely widen their stride because obviously cross country is a lot of uneven surface mm -hmm. and they, they want to, so for trail running, which a lot of the trail runners, if you roll your ankles often, chances are that you are, have a quite narrow stride and you want to widen your stride a little bit ah. um, so that you are just more stable and that you, you stack your joints above each other and you're able to hold the load a lot more. Um, I don't know if it was, Due to that, but on on the 80k trail that I just did, uh, I was I was able to, to slip and slide down uh, down the hill pretty yeah. pretty comfortably because I was purposefully like, trying to place my feet a little wider than um, than what I would normally do than yeah. what I would do on the track. And then and then and then recently I saw that that chipped a guy because because he he ran his world records on the 5 and the 10k and uh, on the track as well, right? And he runs differently on the track than he does in oh. a cross country. So yeah. that was cool to see. It's smart. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to trust the process. Cause like I said, like even for myself, it's, it's starting to feel more natural now with the, with the wider gate, which is good. And I like that, but uh, it's a, a bit of muscle memory, right? To, yeah. Uh, yeah. But over time it's been working. And I know if I, if I'd been more religious with, with uh, you know, practicing the drills and everything, probably my success would be a little bit faster, but either way, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm going and I'm and making improvements. So I can't complain about that. Yeah. And thank you so much for the guidance, Eric. You're most welcome. You're most so, welcome. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to know more about that, go to www.effortlessrunning.com. Absolutely. And you recently uh, redesigned your website and it looks beautiful. So, thank you. That yeah. was uh, more work than I expected. <laughs> it but. always is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I'm really happy with the result. So Good stuff here. I'll, I'll put all the content on there. Uh, Wonderful. But he's, uh, um, I'll get, I'll make sure that I send you the, uh, um, the training plans. Okay. I'll, I'll add those to the show notes as well. And, and from, from my audience and myself to you, thank you again so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your wonderful plans and stories with us. We really appreciate it. You're most welcome.
Okay. Thanks Eric. for having me. All the best. And don't forget to run wild. <laughs> I will. <laughs> See ya. Bye, Eric. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Trail Tales ARP. If you like our show, please help us out by subscribing to our show so you don't miss any new episodes. Also, by leaving us a review. And please visit trailtalesarp.com where you can get even more content. You can also follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP on Facebook at trailtalesarp. See you next week.